The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Praise God. Let's give it up for Jesus this morning. Love you, Jesus. It's an honor to be with you, ladies and gentlemen. You may be seated. And it's just, you know, when you're with a group of people that you really enjoy being with, it's a privilege. You know, there's some churches you got to go to and you got to laugh at your own jokes. That's not a lot of fun. It's like, that was a good one, and they just stare, you know. This is awesome. You guys are great. Your pastors are so classy, and, um, you know, I mean this with all respect and kindness. I don't know how to say it any better, but when I saw them, I saw, like, the movie Black Panther, man, and I, 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 saw, I saw Pastor Tafar, Pastor Chipo, and the Lord just said, Wakanda forever, <laughs> and I was, so when I see them, I'm like, Wakanda forever. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. What kind of forever? So it's awesome. You guys are amazing. It's a privilege to be here. I'm very honored, and I find it a great privilege because I see, I believe, what the Holy Spirit sees. And when I stand here, I see thousands and thousands of people not only attending these services but being impacted through the media and the reach and the planting. And it's not about numbers. It's about the reason we even talk about numbers is because that just means we're reaching people. And I believe that God is doing that with this church. And so we're so thankful. I'm thankful. My wife, Heather, is so thankful that we have a relationship with Faith Hill Church. We love you guys. And um, I just want to say also uh, the generosity this church has shown us this week. You know, we didn't come here expecting anything uh, because we love you and we come to serve you. We don't come to be served. We came to serve. And um, I just have to say, I think the, the total that we got from all of the wonderful giving here is something to the total of about $4,700 U.S. And so now a lot of people say, what do you need that for? You're an American. You're a blessed preacher. You're all this stuff. Here's the deal. If you give to a blessed man, you receive the blessing. Okay? If you give to a broke preacher, you receive the broke blessing. Okay? It's true. It depends what ground you sow into. And I remember I met Jesse Duplantis, okay? I had dinner with Jesse. I'm hanging out with Jesse. And I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't give him an offering fast enough. And people are like, what does he need it for? It's not about what he needs it for. It's the ground he is and the kind of return you get out of it. I said, Jesse, tell me everything you know about the blessing of increase. He's like, okay, I'll tell you. You know, he's like, it was awesome. And me and Ashley were like, Pastor Lawson's like, well, it's time to go. We're like, no, Pastor, we want to hear more from Jesse. And I just got to tell you, you get around blessed people, you get blessed. Um, When Heather and I, and I'm going to talk this morning about breaking into increase. Faith Hill Church, you're a giving church. You cannot give God, and every time you sow, you're sowing into your own future. And I'll tell you, the Holy Ghost humbled me through that uh, last night, yesterday, when you guys did that. at Pastor Tafara, the generosity you guys show, you're, you're just above and beyond. I'm, I'm humbled to almost tears by how kind you guys have been to us. We love you. Do anything I can for you. Praise God. And so um, I remember years ago, Heather and I were so broke we were on uh, assistance from the government to have food. Uh, we had nothing. 
and I mean nothing, okay? And you guys are like, you don't know what nothing is. Some of you are like, you know, but really, it was, it was scary. We didn't know how to feed our kids. We didn't know what was going on. It was a scary time for us. We owned nothing. And I remember the Lord spoke to me and actually spoke to Heather. Heather. Every time we've had some radical breakthrough moments, typically my wife is the one that hears God. And she, God told her to find the richest people we knew. Okay, they had one of the largest houses in America. They had helicopters on their roof. Uh, they had an underground uh, shooting range, for those of you that shoot. <laughs> and um, and uh, we, we recognized that there was also, um, they had a, a, a private lake that you could, they put fish in and you go fishing in it. They had a, it was just an enormous house. It was like the size of a mall. And so we, we knew these people. They're wonderful people. And actually, they're very good friends of mine. They're actually the CEO of my ministry right now. And, and they were the wealthiest people we knew, and we had nothing, nothing at all. But we dressed nice and tried to act like we had something, but we had nothing. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You walk in, you're like, well, this is the only coat I have. Praise the Lord. Maybe if I change my jeans, it'll look different, you know. And, and so I, I came in, and I'll never forget, she got a checkbook out. We had literally like a dollar to our name. That's one U.S. dollar, one dollar. And so Heather wrote out a check for $1, again, checks, wrote out a check for $1. It's our, it's our archaic, you know, a Stone Age way of, of doing finance in the USA. And so she wrote out this check for $1 and came to them and asked them to pray for her. And she sewed into them our last dollar. We found the most blessed people that we knew that had the Word of God in them, not just people that, because they have money. Don't just give to people that have money. There can be a lot of people with money that are broke, okay, on the inside. They don't have prosperity. They just have money. Money is not prosperity. Money is a byproduct of prosperity, okay? And so I, we went and we gave to them, and literally stuff started breaking through from that day. We started breaking through, and the Lord challenged us to become radical givers. We've been such radical givers at times that we've actually had criticism for it. Uh, because I think it evokes either jealousy or people think, oh, he, he makes me look bad or they make us look bad. If you give wild, it sh- if it doesn't get your attention or the world's attention, you're probably not a radical giver. Praise God. You know, if, if it's not getting your attention, it probably won't get God's attention. You know, and it's not about numbers. It's about what, what you can do, right? Amen? So praise God. So I'm going to talk about this. I asked Pastor Tafar if it was okay to teach on this. He said, yes, this is one of his messages. Your pastor has an anointing to draw people closer to God in the marketplace and see the kingdom of God advance in the marketplace. There's a supernatural anointing on this church to awaken marketplace ministry and see grace expand in the marketplace. And so it's exciting. And, and I had the privilege of being his first guest on his new podcast, uh, Grace in the Marketplace. You want to check that out. I was so blessed to be a part of that. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, let's jump into this. We are going to go fast, and we are going to go furious, and we're going to get a breakthrough into increase today. Praise God. We're going to devastate the kingdom of darkness's financial plans for you so bad that they won't even know what hit them. They're going to say, my goodness, this was painful. And uh, when I preach, the devil does not say amen, okay? There's a lot of preachers, when they preach, the devil's like, amen, <laughs> right? Not this preacher, praise God. You're going to get steak this morning, and if, and if you're a vegetarian, that's just an old, old word for bad hunter. And you realize that God, okay, too much. Okay, and so you realize God, 
Okay, hallelujah. So, <laughs> so, we, so let's get into this here today. I want to start out in Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 22. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 22. If you are religious this morning, I hope this offends you deeply. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22. You're like, really? It's like, well, if you're offended, you should be. Here we go. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22. It says, the blessing. Everybody say the blessing. The blessing. Of the Lord. Now, let's just stop right there and think about that. The blessing of the Lord. Do you know God never had to give us his blessing? He could have just said, I'm God. Do what I say. He didn't have to bless us. You know, I used to serve God when I thought he was mean and killing people and and terrifying. And he was the God of, you know, judgment and wrath. And And I thought, and there's people that have said to me, I wouldn't serve a God like that. And I've said, I definitely would. And they say, how could you? I said, because he's God, man. He's God. And if he's God, I'm serving God. How arrogant can we be to not serve God? But look at this. We realize that this God of love and grace also has a blessing attached to him. The blessing is the empowerment to do anything. The blessing is the empowerment to fulfill his commandments. The blessing is the power to fulfill what he has prescribed for this earth. The blessing of the Lord also makes something. Now, we talked in the first service quite a bit about this, but you realize in Deuteronomy chapter 8, Deuteronomy chapter 28, you realize that God has given us the power to get wealth, right? We have the power to get wealth. There's one thing that you realize. Power is your physical human ability. You're a free moral agent, and you have capacity and power in your hand to do something in this world. Whatever you set your hand to, you begin to think about something. You go to work. You're going to make something happen. You have the power to go get wealth out of this physical world. But the blessing is different than your physical power. The blessing is God's spoken promise. It's like, it's like a power that comes on you that literally just makes something happen. Now, this is powerful, and a lot of people don't teach this, but it's true. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. In other words, it induces riches. It induces increase. It causes there to be an overflow. It causes there to be something that's going to break you into increase, okay? And look, it says, and he adds no sorrow to it. Now, this is powerful stuff. You guys, I remember years ago giving and giving and giving, and there was a season, and I think a pastor puts it so well when he says, there is seed time, right? Ma. (laughs) And harvest time, (laughs) right? And sometimes people get, they they sow and they say, yes, Lord, and they're in faith. And then time hits them. Time hits them. And most people lose to the animal of time. They lose the fight. It's like saying, it's like a woman coming along and all of a sudden she she decides or realizes, you know, she's she's with the man of God. She's married, all that. And all of a sudden she's, she's pregnant. And then people are like, you don't look pregnant. You, you, nothing's changed, you know, but she knows something's going on, you know, and the thing is, is you got to ride that out until full delivery, and you recognize this in your life. Seed that goes in the ground is going into your future, and you must nourish it with the Word of God. You must speak faith over it. You must continue to stand, and when in doubt, sow some more, and you say, I, I don't know if I can do that. Well, then you will not increase to a higher level. 
because I wrote this on the board in the last service. I drew this circle, and this represents the world. Uh, this represents here in the middle the veil, which also represents the mind. The one area of this world we walk in is the natural, and we also realize this, there's the spiritual. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 46 says, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. The spirit is not first, but the natural. Meaning, what you do in this physical world is what you start with in faith, and then the natural responds. You see this in Hebrews chapter 7. It says, here, mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them of whom it is witnessed that he lives. That means when you do a natural sowing and reaping here, you give, you sow into the ground. There, where the Spirit of God and Jesus dwell, you begin to recognize he also has a receiving encounter. And then there's a supernatural reaction that comes into the natural. We don't know how seeds work. You put it in the ground, and all of a sudden, you realize in the right conditions, it grows. Amen? And that's the way the laws of the natural and the spirit are. Now, there's a lot of things you can talk about. First Corinthians also talks about there's different types of bodies, celestial bodies, terrestrial bodies, different types of flesh. And some flesh, it says, will go into the ground like a seed and then will be resurrected in glory. Okay? And that's talking about when we meet the Lord in the air, when we begin to be resurrected on the last day. That's a principle that works for many things in the kingdom of God, including your money. And to this morning, it's good to talk about money, or loot, or treasure, or cheddar cheese, or turkey, oh, yeah. or whatever you want to call it, right? People are like, what? <laughs> but it's true. And you recognize some of these things that God wants you to break through. He wants you to go forward. And the way we do it is we sow natural seed in all these principles we see. People are like, well, I, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Well, don't let the Bible then get in the way of what you believe. Praise God. I think if we start believing the Bible and, and stop listening to stupid teaching by religion that keeps people in bondage, it, it's just crazy, you know? There's a, let me draw this for you very quickly because I'm going to go into some rapid-fire word here. Let me draw something for you that I haven't drawn this week, and I think this will help you very much, okay? Give me just one moment, okay? Let's look at this very quickly. You see this? This is a, 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 a symbol here, and you begin to recognize this. Now, let's say this represents Scripture, Okay, very quickly. Scripture, tradition. Oh, yeah. You ever see the fiddler on the roof? Tradition. Nobody? Okay, and you realize this. You begin to understand there's things called experiences. Okay? Then there's rationality. All right? This makes up the life of the believer. This is where we either get it right or get a mess. Okay? Now, everybody that's in Christianity thinks they've got it right. You know what the, nice, the, the most common thing that happens in religious circles is? They have the I'm right, you're wrong philosophy. Right? We've got it figured out, and you don't. Ha, ha, ha. Right? And ha, ha, ha. And so you recognize that, though. You begin to realize that many people, they, they learn something, they learn a philosophy, they learn a persuasion, they come into Jesus, they do all these things, but typically people, everybody believes that they are brought into the kingdom through the word of God. We believe the scripture, we believe the word, but the truth is most people that get born again and they come into the kingdom, by and large, this is a general rule, not hard and fast, but it's, it's a general rule, most people come into the tradition of those that led them to Jesus. 
So you come into the kingdom, you get led into the kingdom, and somebody says, I don't believe in speaking tongues. You're like, then neither do I. I don't believe in healing. Right on, neither do I. But then something happens with traditional people, and this is a ministry that I found I do a lot with people, that I either make people angry or glad a lot, and you realize that from tradition, suddenly through their life's travels, they run into an experience. And that experience, such as speaking in tongues or something else, actually is where they go, what just happened here? This is different than what I've been taught. They go back to their tradition, and then they realize their tradition is not pleased with that. Right? Wise people go from their tradition, and they have an experience, then they go to Scripture. And then they run that through rationality, and what you may find is your tradition may need to change. Jesus said, it is the traditions of men that make the word of God of none effect. Now, let's take this in regards to prosperity. Many people say, you can't have this, you can't have that. What does the Bible say? I want to know what the Bible says. And if the Bible says it, I believe that, not you. Amen? I, I can't stand it when people say, oh, this is an American gospel. No, no, there is no other gospel than the one gospel. But the gospel has truth in it. And if you don't recognize some of these truths of the gospel, I don't care where you live or what it looks like. This stuff works, man. It works. And Pastor Tafara is living proof of it. And that's why we just love him, man. And so, and of course, Pastor Chipo. And so you look at this, and you begin to recognize that this is what it's about. So when you begin to hear me, don't hear me with your bias of tradition. Because tradition will shut down the Word of God. You understand? This is called the Wesleyan quadrilateral. John Wesley came up with this. Now, when we look at some of these things, you've got to start understanding. So let's get right into it. Should we see what the Bible really says today? Heather said something so good to me. My wife, Heather. Heather Z, she is like, I would not be who I am today, which I don't even know if that's saying a lot, but I would not be who I am today if it wasn't for Heather Z. She's amazing. And the truth of the matter is, is that she said to me one day, I said, we're believing for a harvest. She said, I'm not believing for a harvest. I said, what? Woman, I preach this stuff. You better believe for a harvest. And she said, no, I'm not believing for a harvest, Joseph. She said, I'm believing for a biblical return. A biblical return. Yes, there's laws of sowing and harvest time, but a biblical return, I think, is well beyond what our little finite brains have processed. If we realize God owns the cattle on all the hills, all the silver and the gold is his, then you know what? If we are joint heirs with Christ and we can have all these things, I want to. For the sake of bringing the gospel around the world and seeing increase. So I had a vision some time ago. And in this vision, I drew a picture of it earlier. But I began to see a giant canopy over the earth. And the Lord said, no generation has tapped this yet. There's a few guys that get close. I think Jesse got close, or he's getting close. Jesse Duplantis. He says stuff like, I'm putting satellites in the sky. I'm putting these things out there. And I'm like, ooh, Mufasa. I love that kind of talk. I love that kind of talk. I like that. that. That gets me going, praise God. And most people are like, well, you can't do that. Get all the can't people away from me. 
I want to get around some can-do, okay? And if you, if you have unbelief in you, hang out. Just listen to it. I was talking with a person that came to one of our services, and they said, I just don't believe any of this stuff. I can't even handle it. I said, well, put your offense on the side for two months. Give me two months and just hang out in church, hang out in service, listen to the word, and let's talk in two months after your offense has been parked for a little bit. You know, a lot of people are singing that song, I'm Offended, instead of, um, uh, what is it, uh, what is it, that song? You, you ever heard that song, I'm Offended? You know, it's that song I sing. It goes like this, I'm offended because I was mistaken. I'm offended, you wounded me. And then the, the chorus or the bridge goes, if it's the last thing I do, ooh, I'll get back at you, right? A lot of people have that song in their heart. Yeah, no, that's not a good song. That's a terrible song. That's praise God. <laughs> that's, the, that's a spoof on Amazing Love. You guys ever heard that? Amazing Love, how can it be? You guys don't know it, okay? Praise God. That's not a real song, FYI. I'm being funny. All right. And so we realize something about this, though, is that God truly doesn't want us offended. He wants us growing. He wants us to come into our strength. He wants us to go forward. God is not glorified by your lack. Now listen, sometimes when you hear this, it comes across abrasive, and it comes across offensive, and it comes across like, this hurts me. I'm trying. You ever been there where you're like, you hear people and the the prosperity guy gets up and they're like, oh, it's amazing to be prosperous. Try it sometime. (laughs) And people are like, I can barely pay my light bill. I can't stand you. You know, that kind of thing. That is not what I'm pushing here. What I'm pushing is you can have more. It's an opportunity to know Jesus at a higher level. And God loves you where you are. I'm just saying you don't have to be broke. And the thing is, it offends you so deeply. It offends people that are religious or they view things through their tradition and the carnality of their mind. And God is saying there is so much we can have that it's mind-blowing. So let's take a look here very quickly at what the blessing actually looks like when you realize it is the blessing of the Lord that makes us rich and no sorrow is added to it. Let me go to Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27 very quickly. Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 27. It says here, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder. Now, let me just, let me draw a quick picture here. I don't know if you can be able to see this, so I'll just flip this chart one more time because it's like being at school. Praise the Lord. Now, let me try to draw, um, this is Mr. Um, Shoulders, okay? Amen. And so we realize this. We see here that it says the anointing, it says in Isaiah chapter 10, 27, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. Now, here's what I want to say about this. And then it goes on to say, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. I believe there are three levels of breakthrough in this scripture. Three levels, okay? There's a lot of people that get into giving and receiving and understand this. And first and foremost, you need to know that when it says the yoke is destroyed because of the anointing oil, the Amplified calls it the fatness, not the anointing oil, the fatness. Some other ones use the word prosperity. This is not talking about some supernatural encounter. The anointing breaks the yoke. Now, we do know in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. Things break through. You have an emotional breakthrough. You feel supernaturally broken through. It's powerful. But listen, this is not talking about that. Now, the anointing can induce what I'm about to talk about, but this is not some mystical encounter. This is a real-world breakthrough. Okay? 
Everybody with me so far? We realize it says there's three things that this scripture represents. Uh, just, Just say three. It says that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder. It shall come to pass his burden is taken away from your shoulder. Look at that. You realize that this is talking about the shoulder is there's like a lifting of the burden. It begins to come up off the shoulder. Sometimes people give, they get into the principles of God, and they get a little relief. They get relief, and they become comfortable in their relief. But then there's another level. Where it goes on to say, the burden is taken away from your shoulder or lifted and there's relief and you go, my shoulders are free. I can move like I can never move before. I see so many people are like, glory to God, I can, I can dance again. I can move. I'm, I'm breaking through. Then it goes on to say, and is yoked from your neck. And all of a sudden, the thing that was holding you, you don't feel it anymore. You don't feel it anymore. It's moved from your neck, but it is not yet broken. Okay. It's kind of like I take my dog for a walk sometimes. My dog, Bravo, he's a German shepherd. Uh, he's a great dog. I love it. But he'll get on a leash. But every now and then, if, if it, the leash is, is uh, tight, he knows he can't move around. But if we loosen that leash, he can move around. He runs faster until I yank it back into order. Ugh. And then he's like, oh, that's right. The leash is there. But he doesn't know it if it's loose. The same is true when it's elevated off your shoulder or it's loosed on your neck. Okay. But look, there's a third part, and most people live in bondage to settling for the good when they can have God or the great, okay? Most people trade great for good all the time. And it says, his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from the neck, but then it says, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Let me talk to you about the yoke-breaking destruction. Here's what it means. It means this. In this scripture, these people were captured. They were under the influence or under the captivity of an evil king, the evil ruler, right? And you begin to recognize that he had them under bondage. And then what took place is these people became so prosperous, they became so wealthy, they became so abundant, and their families grew, and everything was so great that the picture you get is like an oxen with his neck growing so muscular that it gets tight again on the yoke. And then it begins to grow more and more and more till the yoke can no longer contain the growth on the neck. And then it bursts and falls to the ground. Now it's not a lifting away of the shoulder. It's not a loosening of the neck because sometimes weak people feel more free than strong people because they can't feel the yoke anymore. And all of a sudden they grew out of it and they burst it off. I declare over you, And those of you in this church today, that the anointing of prosperity and increase, you will outgrow your captivity. You will outgrow your containment. You will literally burst the captivity off of your life. And you're going to go into a season of surplus, increase, superfluous overflow. And you'll begin to have wild increase. A paid in full, best 10 anointing increase is in the house i declare it's breaking off you right now the yoke is broken somebody say out loud the yoke is broken say i'm outgrowing my problems i'm outgrowing lack i'm growing into prosperity i'm standing up and increase i'm breaking into increase that means that you mature so much And you grow into giving and receiving, and you grow in all the gifts of the Spirit. You just step up, and this stuff cannot hold you anymore. 
There's stuff I can do today that would take me a month to do before. I can do in an hour today what used to take me a month to do before. And the reason is, is because I just, you learn things, you outgrow some things, and you know what to do versus knowing what not to do. And sometimes the best thing in life is knowing what not to do, amen? Some, some people don't even know what to do, but at least you know what not to do. And that's a good place to be. So let's go forward here. Let me talk about the blessing and this kind of increase. Let me challenge your thinking on the blessing, okay? There's principles, and then there's the blessing. Now let's look. Genesis chapter 26 and verse 12. Let's go to Genesis chapter 26 and verse 12. It says here, man, our scripture guy is so fast. Who's doing that? Where are you? You are awesome, brother. I mean, you are on it. It's almost like you have this stuff scripted. I bless you, man. I like that. I got to have you come train my team. Like, I finished the scripture and it's up. I mean, that's remarkable. Okay. Genesis chapter 26 and it says in verse 12, it says, Then Isaac sowed. Everybody say sowed. He sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. Whoa. He sowed and got a hundredfold return. Now, wouldn't a lot of people be like, Woo! I'm blessed! That's it! Breakthrough! But that's not what the Scripture says. It says, Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. The blessing took the pressure off the shoulder. Okay? It says, and, and another way to say it is, and then the Lord blessed him. So the law of sowing and reaping just works. It works. It doesn't matter if you're in faith or not in faith sometimes. You sow, it's coming back. There may be delay, but it will not be denial. It's coming back. Time might hit it, but it's coming back. It's coming back. And then it says, so he got his harvest. He, had, he just worked the principle. He sowed and reaped a hundredfold. And then the Lord blessed him. What? Now let's go to verse 13. And after he did that, it says, so he sowed, he reaped, and then God blessed him. And verse 13 says, now the man began to prosper. What? I thought the hundredfold return was prosper. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the hundredfold return was prosper. No. The hundredfold return is you work in the system. People are like, you can't give to get. Shut up. Yes, you can. People are like, he told me to shut up. Not you guys. I'm talking rhetorically. Amen. And you realize, praise God. <laughs> Some are like, you shut up, Joseph Z. And so you realize, you realize, though, that truthfully, it's literally this. You recognize that when you sow, you're going to reap, but that is not the blessing. That's just doing the stuff. That's just God's principles. You should give to get. When I see a blessed person, I, I, I honor them. I bless them. I sow into them. And the reason you do that is because you know you're getting a return, but that's not the blessing. But God's looking for people that activate the blessing through their giving, through their knowledge, through their revelation of Proverbs 10.22, that when you step into the blessing, one thing of, of having a return is you get a return, but then you can step into the blessing, which makes you rich. And here's how it does it. It shows you right here, verse 13, going back to it. Uh, it says, then the man began to prosper, in verse 13, the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Somebody say, I'm very prosperous. You might need to say, I'm beginning to prosper. You're going to have to get your walk on. I'm beginning to prosper, right? 
You walk around like you ain't nobody. You walk around like God is with me. I'm beginning to prosper. And then you continue prospering until you become very prosperous. Say, I'm beginning to prosper. And I will continue prospering until I am and my family is very prosperous. So you recognize this, very prosperous. And verse 14 goes on to say this. This is when you know you've hit very prosperous. Verse 14. It says, for he had stuff. Isaiah 60 says, the Gentiles shall come to your light. They shall come around you and come to you from all over the world. They shall come to your light. The Gentiles are attracted to stuff. They're attracted to light. And light is not only the glory of God manifested in the Holy Ghost, it also is a byproduct that means you've got stuff. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, 33, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. And just two verses and one verse before that, in verse 32 and 31, it says so clearly in Matthew chapter 6, it says clearly that do not worry about all these things, what you shall eat, what you shall wear, what you're going to do. It says, for after these things... The Gentiles seek. After these things, the Gentiles seek. And if you seek first the kingdom of God, these things will be added unto you. And Isaiah 60 says the Gentiles will come to your light or your things. And when you recognize that, you begin to see there's something going on there. Praise God. Amen. And you start seeing all this stuff. Now, listen to me. When you see this, let's go back to... uh, uh, Praise God. Let's go back to Genesis 26 and verse 14 is talking about his stuff again. For he had stuff, possessions of flocks, possessions of herds, and a great number of servants. Okay? This is the equivalent today to saying you got what it takes to do whatever you need to do and enjoy your life. Okay? But here's the the defining factor to it. You ain't prospering until the end of the verse, where it says, so the Philistines envied him. If somebody ain't envying what you got, you ain't prospering. And we don't want that. We want to love people. It's not about that. It ain't about this stuff. But I'm telling you, this is the Bible. And when you begin to recognize this, very prosperous means some people that are carnal, they ain't going to like it. Why not get on the winning team? The losing team always throws stuff at it, stones, and uh, don't like it. You know, you're just one of those people. I wish I could give like that. Well, there was a time they couldn't give like that. But they gave, so now they can give like that. Right? What did you say the other day to me, Pastor Tafara? You said something about they judge the glory but not the, the work or something. What's that? The story. That's what it was. So good, sir. They, they judge the glory, but they don't know the story right? They see the glory, but they're not willing to do the story. I thought that was a great line he said. You got to know the story. You got to walk out your story of sowing, reaping until you walk into the glory of your breakthrough. And I'm telling you, this stuff is easy for Jesus and it's hard for carnality. Mammon is carnal. The love of money is carnal. Uh, The love of money, simply put, or mammon, you cannot serve two masters, God and mammon. You'll love one and hate the other. If you love mammon, you will not love God. Mammon is money that's attained or your own provision attained through your own effort. It's not through sowing and reaping. As a matter of fact, some of the people that budget the most, 
and they're all about that. And, you know, I'm on this program where we budget and stuff envelopes, and it's all about that, which I think is very good in the right, the right area. It's very good. But the truth is, people that sometimes do that, they're so into the money that they're not in God's economy. And they never really get where they want to go because there's not a multiplier on it. It's just you, by the sweat of your brow, doing a, a bean counting. Right? And there's nothing wrong with that. That's called responsibility. But you need to get the blessing. So the power to get wealth is, is that natural ability. But you've got to keep mammon out of it. But then you get into the blessing. And, uh, you know, it says this also here. So we recognize the purpose of you establishing to prosper is in Deuteronomy 8.18. It says that he gives you power to get wealth in Deuteronomy 8.18, that he may establish his covenant, okay? That he may establish his covenant. So two things I believe that prosperity is for. Number one, to do what God wants done in the earth through the preaching of the gospel, bringing the word around the world, bringing the gospel around the world. Number two, I believe that it's for you to enjoy life. Some people don't think that we should. We should just be, ah, oh, Jesus, it's hard. It's hard, Jesus. That's, that's like the message of a lot of people. Well, you haven't suffered enough yet. You need to suffer some more. That's not the, look at this. It says so clearly in 1 Timothy 6, 17, it says, command those who are rich or have the love of money or trust in their riches. Okay? There's nothing wrong with rich. This is talking about mammon and the love of money. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us all things or gives us richly all things to enjoy. That means this. There's no limit on what you can enjoy or have as long as your priorities are in order. Seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness means that you do the word of God to establish his covenant. You prosper that you might establish the kingdom of God around the world. That's your priority. And as a secondary to that, you have all things so you can enjoy your life, give your kids a good inheritance, do good things for them, build up a savings account, begin to enjoy things, bless those you love, and all of that. Now, a lot of people, they don't like that. And when you begin to increase, you'd think that a lot of people applaud. They don't. They're like, ah, well, you, you did that through the arm. You did something. You must have done something to work that out. Something just off about that. You did something off about you. And I want to say, yeah, you, <laughs> you know. And when people get jealous of that stuff, it's because of increase. Now, what I believe is healthy is when you see someone increasing, you should be applauding them. You should say, it's their time, my time's coming, and I'm just celebrating Jesus. I declare, amen, come on. I declare, come on. Woo! I declare this is a church of increase. I declare this is an apostolic voice of wealth to the continent of Africa. I declare this is a prosper church. I declare this is a wealthy church. And I declare that means spiritually, physically, financially, relationally, mentally, in every other way that God causes prosperity to come. Now, this is only one segment of prosperity. We're talking money, loot, treasure, cheddar cheese. Okay? Some of you are like, can you call it that? Yes, you can. The, <laughs> I'm not saying it. That's awesome. <laughs> but, but you recognize this is that God truly... God truly, <laughs> it's the presidential club, amen. <laughs> so you realize that, that God truly, yeah, on the bill, it means, yeah, praise God, but yeah. eh, praise the Lord. So you recognize this, that God truly wants you to prosper. Amen. I'll say it a better way. Hear me, okay? God needs you to prosper. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
He needs you to. People are like, that's selfish. No, it's selfish to stay broke. Because you can't help no one. Who can you help when you're broke? You're thinking about you 24-7. How am I, how am I going to pay my bills? What about my job? What about this? You know, and, and if you're in that position, we love you. I love you. There's things that I'm believing God for that I have no natural means to attain. I'm believing right now for global television. We're, we're, we're negotiating with people all over the world for global TV right now. We're doing it all over the world. We got a lot of things happening. And in the natural, there's no way I can do this. I'm like Pastor Tafara. We just believe God. Pastor Tafara has got some of the greatest favor that I've ever seen on somebody. He just walks in and people are like, I love you. Here's the microphone. Do what God says to do. And he's like, hello, everyone, right? <laughs> God's going to change your life today, right? That's the pastor, the apostle Tafara. And so we recognize some of these things that God wants you to do the impossible. He wants you to increase. He wants you to go forward. He wants you to overflow. He needs you to. He's begging you to. You say, why does God need me? Because he's not in control. He needs you to agree with him. And he needs your ability to make wealth, to get his gospel all over the world. And the way you begin is by sowing. Tithing's the, the beginning. And if you're like, I don't, I, don't talk, I don't like doing stuff with my money. When, but when you begin to realize that when you put it in the ground, it's coming back in good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Whatever man sows, God will not be mocked. You will reap. And if you do it little, you'll reap little. If you do it big, you'll reap big. And that's all measured by what you believe about it, what you think is big or little. It's not about amounts, amen? You know Jesus loves you, right? You know that there's no condemnation in these things. It's just God saying, there's a better way. There's a better way. If you are where you are, just try stretching in this area. Try growing in it and watch the return. Stand in faith and then grow some more. Stand in faith and grow some more. And pretty soon, you'll get addicted to giving. And God, <laughs> he will supply your habit. You'll become a, a giving addict, and God will be your supplier. He'll be like, want some more? Want some more? Want some more? It's like, God, you're an enabler. Mm-hmm. You want some more? Praise God. God loves us so much. Jesus loves us, and there's nothing we can do about it. And some of you need to say, Jesus loves me, and I forgive myself about a lot of things. Thank you, Jesus. So, how many believe today God wants to prosper you? How many of you are going to break into increase this year? How many of you say, this is the favorable year of the Lord for me? Can we just praise the Lord and thank Him for that today? Praise God. Faith Hill, it's been a privilege being with you. I love you. I speak life over you. Heather and I have been honored to be with you today in this wonderful wonderful church. Your pastors are a gift from God, and we're so thankful to know you. We believe, uh, and I also just please, you know, if you ever see one of my partners on, online and stuff, thank them for sending us here and to be with you, and you have sent us to other places. So thank you so much for all you've done, and we are just so grateful for you. Amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv 
today.